Hello and welcome to Nerd vs. World, episode 4, for a few nerds more. I'm Brendan. Hi, I'm Spindles. And I'm Amy. Right, let's get straight into the show and let's talk about what we've seen this week. Well, we're going to mix the format up a little bit now. Okay. I'm actually going to campaign to, to rename this one uh, Miracle on Nerdy First Street. <laughs> Just because I feel like Father Christmas today because I'm a bulging sack full of goodies for good little boys this week. <laughs> okay, I'm waiting the bulging sack break from Aidy. <laughs> well, I'm not going to be sitting on anybody's knee. <laughs> But I have piles of stuff. They are for you, good sir. Oh that my is. word, I have just been handed a stack full of new 52 books. Shiny. Justice League Dark, awesome. Which is cool, actually, because just before we came on air, I was reading something on Geek Tyrant uh, about Guillermo del Toro talking about his adaptation of Dark Universe, which is based on Justice League Dark. Yeah, yeah. So... Oh, yeah, that's basically me. all Justice League Dark so far. So it's like two volumes worth, I think, 16, 17 issues. Oh, dear. So uh, have fun with those, sir. And oh, also dear. one flash drive full of comic-y goodness awesome. as well. <laughs> right. And, well, and and for you, good sir. <laughs> oh. Awesome. <laughs> is that what I think it is? Yes, it is. Oh, my God, Yes. <laughs> We have a makey makey. We do have a makey makey. As you, as we talked about last last time, we've got one now. So a bit of a kind of belated birthday gift for you, sir. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> we should get together and build uh, some stuff for that. That's going to be awesome. So yes, now we have the makey makey. Now we'll just have to have some fun with it. Yeah, so, absolutely. As I said, yes, bulging sack full of presents for this evening. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I would have given them to you earlier, but I was late coming in with traffic and. Oh no, it's, it's uh, stuff oh, to present you with on. <laughs> Yeah, all is all is forgiven. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I've got some Justice League Dark to read. There is a lot, so yeah. Awesome. Get, get your, your eyes around those. Uh, they're rather good. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, okay, I, do, well, before we go any further then, uh, petition carried. This is, <laughs> we are renaming the show. Miracle on Nerdy First <laughs> Street. Absolutely. <laughs> this is hoping that the flash drive works for you now. Yeah, so. yeah. Interesting stuff. That might spark debate. I don't know if you watched. Did you watch the Oscars? I didn't actually. No, no. I, no. I saw some few random highlights. No, I, th- I think the thing that surprised me the most about the Oscars this year was how little I cared. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll... <laughs> I, uh, normally, I make a big event of it, and I'll sit up and I'll watch the Oscars, and I'll turn up to work hungover the next day. That's what I do. Yeah. yeah. I've always really gotten into the whole spectacle yeah. of it and I watch all the pre-real stuff and see everybody turning up and getting drunk and falling up the red carpet and stuff and it's great fun but this year I just actually didn't care and the only bit of it I've watched since is just the kind of 10 minute opening gambit thing that Seth MacFarlane uh, did no, I that as well. which yeah, was that. actually yeah. quite cool because uh, what he did was he got um, Bill Shatner as Kirk on the screen going, look, I've come back from the 24th century to save your career. (laughs) (laughs) This is the night where it all went wrong and you did all this horrendous (laughs) stuff. And then showed a load of reels of the uh, I Saw Your Boobs musical number, which was genius. Basically listing off all the audience members and which films he'd seen their boobs in. (laughs) 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 Which was was actually really funny. Yeah, I'm YouTubing that when I get back. I want to see that now. 
So, yeah, do, do watch the opening gambit is great. It's about 12 minutes long and it has like Daniel Radcliffe and Joseph Gordon-Levitt turn up doing a kind of soft chew tap number with him. And mm. uh, yeah, it, it's funny. But yeah, so do watch that. But I, I thought it was great. I mean, uh, have you read the, the, the list of who won what and so forth? I have been exposed to a few of them. I think uh, Argo won best film. Argo got best film in, 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 in true... Yes. Style I have one I prepared earlier. Oh, amazing! So Here we go. To have a quick squiz at it. So, and Jennifer Lawrence won something as well. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. I think she, was it best actress. Best, or actress. best supporting actress. Can't remember which. Best actress. Best actress because Anne Hathaway got best supporting actress for well, Les Miserable. Or for her fifteen minutes of singing. I still think that Les Miserable should be a, a sitcom <laughs> yeah. about some northern bloke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'll be a much better thing. Ah, uh, Les Mis. <laughs> Les Miserable. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I think for, for me, it it backed up what we said when we were talking about it weeks ago about Ben Affleck getting the, the nod for best film but snubbed for best director. Yeah. Mm. Which, considering he won best director at the BAFTAs and everything else. And who got it? Was it Ang Lee got best director? Um, I, I think it might have been for Life of Pi, yeah. But, oh. I mean, again, I, I, as we said about the... Uh, all the kind of genre movies and things just getting technical nods. Not they didn't even win any of those, which is odd. Yeah, uh, there was, I think there was there was a, a tie for the first time in something like sound editing yeah. between two films. Between Skyfall and something else. Yeah, I Skyfall yeah, and something else that tied. Was for song and stuff. So yeah, but yeah. So I, all in all, I was very very disappointed with the Oscars this year. I think the only thing that I took out the oh zero dark oh, thirty in Skyfall yeah type of sound editing sound, yeah of course yeah sound mixing was less that's zero dark thirty just seems to have been buried in there for something yeah. that were that they were building up months ago was this kind of oh it's going to take all the Oscars and so forth and it's Catherine Bigelow coming back to win more stuff and then it just got panned and disappeared for some reason. I think the only the only thing I heard about the Oscars was Jennifer Lawrence falling up the stairs. Apparently so, yes. and, and, and apparently. But she got a standing ovation. A photographer as well. She did what? She flashing the bird at a photographer, apparently. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. He was probably uh, I, trying to get a picture of her skirt. I saw a, a, a YouTube video of her interview post-Oscar ceremony, and I've just fallen in love with her. I think she's amazing. Yeah? The way she handled the press and the stupid questions they were asking, I was just like, well done, girl. Yeah? Good for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it... I'll. Put the link into the blog description so people can have a laugh. But yeah, she handles the press brilliantly. Oh, cool. I, I, I don't think I've seen any film that she's been in yet. So, yeah, like I said, I saw her post Oscars interview and I was just like, that is someone who's just handled that situation perfectly. I mean, it's got to be quite a galling situation. You're on TV and you're in front of an auditorium full of your peers, you fall up the steps. But to just walk away with it like it was nothing, I think yeah. fair play to her. Yeah. And she's clearly got some talent because she's been recognised by the by the Academy. Although, how much faith you put in that, given <laughs> how they yeah. completely shun and overlook Peter Jackson for years. He didn't get anything for years. Spielberg's first Oscar win was... Schindler's List? I think it was, yeah. And he'd been nominated plenty of times before that. Just nominated plenty of times before that. <laughs> said nom, 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 nom. Jesus. He's got God. loads of money. Of course he has, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I, I instantly knew that saying even nommed was a bad mistake. <laughs> Nomming Steven Spielberg. Oh, dear. That's, that's, you know somebody's going to fucking... That's right up there with us, Jim Cameron. Nom Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Uh, anyway, let's move quickly past this. And uh, further discussion somewhere safer. <laughs> I am your no, father. I wrote the book. So you know, <laughs> ah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm thinking. So what else? Have, have we got a kind of topic for later on? Are we talking games consoles later? Is that the plan or? I think the plan is just uh, let this just be more ramble and see how it goes. See how it goes yeah. I finally got around to watching Skyfall. What do you think of it? I really oh. enjoyed it. Yeah, I've not seen it yet. I've not seen it either. I've, it's one of those. I've heard so much about it. And people oh, have been enjoying it, it yeah. that. I'm kind of being drawn back to the James Bond franchise. Yeah. So I never saw Quantum of Solace okay. because Casino Royale pissed me off. Really? Because there was three or four endings of Casino Royale and I was just like, was? just hurry up and fucking end yeah, already. Yeah. It was okay, just yeah, twist yeah. after yeah, twist yeah, yeah. after twist. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't needed. So I avoided Quantum of Solace. Yeah, Quantum of Solace wasn't great. This is... No. Uh, my take on it is it is very much back to kind of classic Bond style. Okay. Um, but they're very much looking to... Not necessarily reboot the franchise, but reinvigorate the franchise with a new set of people. Okay. Um, and that's kind of what they're looking at doing. What What I did like is the bad guy was like an unseen presence for about the first two-thirds of the film. You don't actually even Brilliant. see him yeah. until like the last act. Sort of going back to Blofeld days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. indeed. So it, he, he was just this unseen manipulator, which I liked. Uh, okay. It was a good way of, of doing it and getting back to the franchise. So... Yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. Anything, it. anything else you guys have seen recently? No, to be fair. Well, I've you? been watching loads of random anime on Netflix just to <laughs> kill time, <laughs> to be fair. And, any, and, other, and any other gems like uh, the, the last one you came out with? Megasex LR. <laughs> Megasex LR is brilliant. Oh, God. Have you actually watched any of the episodes? I, I still haven't. Have, have I, bollocks? Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I Dude. Got to it. Oh, God. I, 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 I listened to the, the podcast about that again. and just, yeah, I, just the, the concept of it makes it sound so good that I don't really want to watch it just in case it's not as good <laughs> yeah, as it yeah. is in my mind. Oh, <laughs> I... <laughs> no, nothing that good. They're all, they're all a bit naff on Netflix, to be fair. I haven't been watching much, to be honest. At my, to my great delight, I found out that Elementary has returned from its mid-season break, apparently. It's not oh, yeah, it's been on for a while, mate. Yeah, yeah. I watched the 12 episodes and then thought that was it. Oh, no, mate, no, so no I thought, they were I thought, up to 17. Right? Yeah, oh, okay. I, I finished all those now. Yeah, but I, I, thought, I thought M, the Moriarty episode, was the final episode no. of the miniseries. Oh, no, it, it has continued. Yeah. So I went online the other day, because you just check previous day's listings, and then uh, Elementary was on there. I was like, amazing. Mm. Watched five episodes of that. We just discovered because um, Love Film have started putting a load of stuff online for streaming. Now we just discovered Criminal Minds. This I love week. Criminal Minds. I'd never seen it before. I oh, love okay. Mandy Patinkin. Anything Mandy Patinkin in is is bound to be an awesome show. Even though I still haven't watched the second season of Homeland yet. I've, I've got the whole second season of Homeland. I just haven't watched it yet. I think because we didn't watch the first one, and then we just sat and watched it all in like a day. And then I think we'll probably end up doing the same with season yeah. two. <laughs> Criminal Minds is brilliant, and uh, Doctor Spencer Reed is one of the best written characters. He's on TV. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, really like his character. Have you seen it, dude? Criminal Minds. I've seen Criminal Minds, but I, I can't remember. Uh, it was 
you know, a good few years ago. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Well, we, we've basically done it in two seasons this week because my wife's had tonsillitis mm-hmm. over the weekend. So, we, no, in order to make her feel better, she likes watching people being horribly murdered. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't watch. And every she does episode. like Battle Royale. There we go. <laughs> the ones with the murders I can watch. It's the ones with the torture. Like I can't. There, yeah, I there can't watch some, those. Some some pretty brutal. There ones. was one very saw-esque one that we just watched yeah. from the end so of season I've, two. I can. I find that stuff actually quite funny rather than the actual ones. that It's just outright not normal murders. It's. I don't know. It's just the it's, way. It's, I weird th- what it's gets the way my head head works. Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird. I find that funny people. because I know it's. I. I in my head, I automatically know that that's just not real, even though it's it's done so well that it's it's really effective and does make people kind of mm. a bit nauseous. But yeah, I mean, the, the one that really got me was... I, don't, the, I just find it funny. Yeah, <laughs> I just it, laugh at them. It was the guy who was going around setting fire to families in their houses. Mm. don't know if you see that. That one really got me. Yeah, that, that's yeah. a bit... Because there was just one where they were in the car and he'd locked them in the car and he's basically just torch the car while they were all in it and that that was got me a bit like oh god that's a bit grim yeah. but whereas the kind of eviscerations and stuff totally fine yeah, so yeah. it's weird what what kind of gets you going isn't yeah. it yeah and anything with eyes because there's, there's a few criminal minds where the <laughs> with the things like trophies are taking yeah. eyes and stuff and that is an instant sort of just command shift to a different, different <laughs> okay. window please yeah I, I always had a thing about eyes uh, putting anything near it it took me years to be able to wear Dude. contacts uh, at like five years at least of trying to wear contacts I just couldn't do it at all I've been through like three or four different opticians and you know punched most of them and then get the fucking hands out of my eyes and... <laughs> it wasn't Ripley unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> no offence dude <laughs> no we love you mate <laughs> but yeah it, it took like, at least three or four different people to finally get me to be able to put contact lenses Is in that my because eyes it took that made to hold you down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At once, yeah. At once. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, I, I thought Criminal Minds has been a great show. I've really enjoyed it so far. I, I just absolutely love Mandy Patinkin. He seems to play the same character in lots of stuff recently because Rube in Dead Like Me. Did you see Dead Like What's Me? That? You've never seen Dead like me? like me? Oh, dude, that's awesome. Oh, dude, you've got to watch it. <laughs> yeah. okay. It's about a, a girl who gets killed and becomes a Reaper, and Rube is the leader of the Reapers, and he basically sends them out with their missions every day of who they need to go and yeah. kill. Uh, it's it hilarious, dude. Okay, honestly, it is. definitely <laughs> absolutely yeah. brilliant. It's, it's kind of on there, on, on par with Reaper. It's, it's, it's kind a of different a, thing. It's, it's a bit different. A lot even darker than Reaper. Yes, um, Reaper was quite fluffy, light though. Yeah, Reaper was brilliant. Oh, but funny. Oh, it was very oh, funny. Tyler Levine's uh, in going to be in a new pilot as well. He's been put in with the new Rupert Grint pilot. Rupert Grint's doing a pilot. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, doing a comedy, and apparently. Tyler Levine's going to be his brother. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's not that's not appearing. But <laughs> yeah. Tyler Levine was of course absolutely fantastic in Tucker and Dale versus. Tucker and Dale versus. He's been brilliant in everything. Yeah. He's brilliant in Reaper. He yes. was he was even brilliant in Invasion, which as a show sucked, but he was great. <laughs> so, and it took me a while to walk up to him because I, at first I was just like, oh, he's a poor man's Jack Black, but. No, he's, he's a not. Character. He was yeah. really really good. Yeah, he is but, very very funny. But yeah, so yeah, Mandy, Mandy Patinkin seems to be playing these kind of uh, I don't know mentor type characters. Yes, because he's very much the same character in uh, in 
dead like me as he is in Criminal Minds, that he's kind of the very intelligent, very thoughtful, uh, gives advice to everyone. Yeah. and uh, Albeit slightly cryptic. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Uh, and he also seems very much the same in Homeland as well. Although in Homeland, I think he's got a beard. I think that's the difference. <laughs> it's come a long way from being a Negan player. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> but... That that is just awesome. Princess Bride is still one of my favourite. Did there, there was a picture uh, that went out a couple of weeks. I don't know whether it was a couple of weeks ago. I saw it a couple of weeks ago of the the Princess Bride cast. Now. Oh, the reunion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was that was great. And it was lovely. The, the little touches in that picture, like they had the little um, picture of Andre. Andre the Giant and stuff yeah. like that. It was a very nice picture. That yeah, was very cool. Because it was the anniversary of the film, wasn't it? Yeah. Ah, cracking movie. <laughs> I've watched it God knows how many times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have to come up with a, a... refrain from quoting it then. I don't know. I, I'm with, with us, like, I, I, we probably have a, a, a top, like, 100. Rather than, I was going to say, like, top, do a top 20, but I think it would end up being, like, a top 100. Films to watch and, and, and should be watched by all kind of thing. Yeah, I think I think I have to narrow it down to like a top five by genre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't think I can even get down to kind of saying what my favourite film is. I think a lot of people. No, not by your, what your favourite film is, but what that people us should three, watch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> mm. That the three of us together would can can, can put together a, a compile that list. Oh, if, if for sure! I reckon we could definitely do. Let's that. get sorted and do it. It's my, my yeah. it's my birthday next week. We we normally do a video marathony mm. thing for my birthday, so mm. I, we can get together and do that. Because I think I'm probably going to do something Kevin Smith wise next year again because mm. it's my thirty seventh, thirty seven. You've got your sci fi weekend uh, coming up, uh, and then you got. Uh, your birthday just after. Yeah. Come, I think I'm, so I'm going to be in Japan. Are you still time. in Japan then? Ah, right. And I'm at LARP the weekend after the sci-fi weekend. So. You're all abandoning me on my birthday. I'm going to sit at home and drown my sorrows in a bottle of Midori. <laughs> just because it's green. <laughs> well, on the and plus you side, want to suckle yourself. on something, Melanie. <laughs> we could definitely come up with a list of films that people should watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should uh, sit and have uh, like like we've got a, uh, the opposite of what we've got at the, the sci-fi weekend of the crap film amnesty. Yeah, which yeah. I think is a, cl- a cracking idea. Yeah. Uh, have you to... both have you both got your your films now for that? I know what I'm taking for the crap film amnesty. Uh, yeah, I'm probably taking Cherry Falls. Taking what? Cherry Falls. Okay. Cherry Falls. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm taking Bubba Hotep. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're sticking to your guns yeah. on these yeah. two. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Oh, now my mind is just racing about which films I'd put into this films you must see list. Mm. So in my genre is probably quite focused on the sort of the slacker film and independent comedy and the sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I'm not great with horror. I'm not a particular horror fan. I'm not a massive horror fan, but I uh, I think from yeah, from the conversation we had last time, I think I'd probably have to throw a, a Lovecraft film in there somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, or something like Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, just because it had Cemetery Gates by Pantera on the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> See, the, yeah. the reason so, I picked certain movies genre films that yeah. uh, so had guest appearances or main characters of, the, like, of Emily Booth, <laughs> or like yeah, like Emily Booth, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, like Prince of Darkness with Alice Cooper as a zombie who gets stabbed yes. with half a bike, you know, <laughs> <laughs> things like that that. I think would would say to me you'd have to put that in as a horror yeah. movie but it's yeah. just quirky little things like that 
Well, I don't know. I mean, would you? Would that uh, Evil Dead would have to go in there? Yeah. Well, I'm Evil your Dead Darkness three. Yeah, you, uh, which I watched the other day again. <laughs> oh, I went on a matter. I was uh, working from home a couple of days, uh, and I ended up having all six Romero zombie movies on in a row. So I did the whole lot of uh, from uh, Night of the Living, Living Dead, Dead onwards. Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, yeah. Day, Day of the, of the Dead. Dead, Land of, of the, the Dead, Dead yeah. Diary of the Dead, and Survival of the Dead. <laughs> uh, wasn't there a Plane of the Dead as well? Was that there's, been a, there's been a couple of There's been loads of other ones, like but then they weren't Romero No, they weren't Romero ones. No, no, no. Because suddenly flagged, oh, Plane of the Dead. What, what interested me the most about watching them all again is how they actually talk about the evolution of the zombies a lot more than any other zombie film does. Yeah. They talk about how the zombies adapt and like, how they remember things from their normal lives and go you've, to malls and stuff. Because yeah. you've got that end of, end of Land of the Dead, uh, your man who was the petrol pump attendant yeah. as a zombie, he starts remembering how to grip things and stuff. Well, because he, he, in Land of the Dead, he's there from the start, uh, and you see him wandering around, and then he eventually like picks up firearms and he shoots someone, yeah. and, uh, and he figures out how to get into the city by like walking under the water, because they're zombies and they won't die. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting watching it that they really do kind of build the zombies up to being a lot more than just flesh-eating, mindless zombies. They, they, they actually say that they, they still there have thoughts. There's an element thoughts, of sentient to um, them. Yeah, yeah which I don't think is really tackled in anything else barring the kind of last couple of minutes of Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> when they become supermarket attendants. Or when, yeah, or when Ed's and, in the shed. Yeah, and Ed in the shed, yeah. So, yeah. But Romero's zombie films were all kind of social commentaries as well. Very much so. They were, they were very much social commentary of the time because the first one was very much about the kind of the assassination... Uh, which assassination it was... Uh, so, I don't know nation. I can't remember which one it was. Second one was attack on consumerism and yeah. capitalism because the mall and the the autonomous nature of mindless zombies mm. returning to a place of commerce. Yes, which was not quite so um, well replicated in mm. the Zack Schneider remake. Uh, it it really it. wasn't <laughs> as well done in it at all, even with the uh, Richard Cheese bit in the middle. <coughs> well, I actually, I like that remake. But I thought it was, I thought as, it was as a right. good action film rather than as a, yeah. a zombie film. Yeah. We're talking zombies. Walking Dead. Walking. Yeah. I, I. I. I've been. I've been loving this series a lot more than I have been season two. Season two for me just dragged on far too long. The fact that they stretched out the whole Herschel's farm. Yeah. For more or less the entire season was just ridiculous. It was, and that that really just irked me to the point where I just didn't care where the bastard kid had gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially as, like, Herschel's file was probably at most half an issue yeah, of one of the that. comics. Um, I think it, it gets a reasonable bit of episode two of the game. Oh, I still haven't played it. Yeah. Yeah. Two, it, it, within the Walking Dead game you see a lot of the characters before the TV show happens so you bump into uh, Glenn and you go to Herschel's farm and a few other bits and bobs of people that appear later on oh, cool. in, uh, in the Walking Dead so yeah horror movies not my strong point that, I think a lot of them would, would either have to have some kind of other element thing. to them yeah yeah 
like potentially Scream 3 just for the fact that Jane Silent Bob turn up in it yeah. <laughs> which I remember going mental in the cinema and going woo and everybody else in the cinema going what the fuck <laughs> why is this lunatic jumping up down and screaming because no fucker had heard of Jane Silent Bob then <laughs> If I was to put a horror film in it, would definitely have to be Alien, because Alien is one of my favourite films. Do you anyway. class Alien as a horror film? Oh, definitely. Alien is definitely a horror film. Sci-fi horror. Sci-fi horror. I, I, see, because I would always tend it more towards sci-fi than I would horror. Oh, it's a, no. it's a haunted house in space. It's the claustrophobic environment. It's, kinda, yeah. it's definitely a horror. <laughs> Aliens is yeah. a sci-fi shooter. Yes. An action film, and yeah. a very good one, which is why it's just why I find it hard to pick a favourite of the two, because they're different genres of films. Mm. And Alien 3, which I think I went out of my way to say I loved mm-hmm. on the uh, eclectic podcast for the one we did. Fact, I think it's knackers. I think it's amazing, <laughs> but enough of that. Um, <laughs> is, again, uh, a different film to Alien and Aliens. And Alien Resurrection is good up until the last 20 minutes and I've timed it it is 20 minutes before the end Yeah. that the newborn comes along and then that film descends into wankery mm-hmm. and that's oh, a tosh I'm going to kill you no I'm not <laughs> it's not <laughs> good until Ron Perlman dies <laughs> <laughs> or Michael Wincott whichever way I love both of them guys yeah. they're awesome anything they're in I'll watch for sure for sure <laughs> So yeah, that'd be my pick for the horror. It'd be definitely Alien. Um. So yeah, now I'd be hard pushed with comedy because I hate most comedy films. The oh, only no. type of comedy films that that I can really stand, uh, the kind of really silly teen comedy stuff like Weird Science and well, Weird Science is a gimme. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Yes. So, anything uh, John Hughes. Anything John Hughes or Kevin Smith. Yeah. But then it's supposed to deepest those as comedies or. Or do you have a separate genre for cult I kind of said that they're, they're a couple... Well, I'd say that they're like a kind of teen genre. Yeah, like Breakfast Club as well. Yeah, Bre- it yeah, I know it comes Weekend at Birdies, yeah. Yeah. All, all of those kind of things. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Now, admittedly, I do like Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. There you go, there's a comedy we can, we can agree on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can get behind Groundhog Day as a comedy. I don't know, I just find it... Because I, I tend to... If I'm looking through Sky and I'm just looking for a random film to watch, I find it very hard push to find anything listed under comedy that I want to watch. Because mm. it's always romantic comedy or yeah. uh, like oh. silly stoner comedy. Yes, like all the Harry and Kumar. Oh, yeah, sorry, uh, well, I but, just and, and stuff like The Hangover and things, which I just. I, I'm sorry, but I bust a gut laughing at The Hangover. That really? film. That film. Tickled me. <laughs> I found that very, very funny. I haven't seen the sequel, so I don't want to ruin it for me. No. But the first one had me in stitches. I don't know. I, I, I've never been convinced on comedy at all. Stand-up comedy, brilliant. Yeah. Mm. Utterly get behind stand-up comedy, <clears throat> and even some sitcoms, the less cheesy ones. Yeah. Um, but just, I don't, I don't know what it is about just staged filmed comedy it just it's never never appealed as funny as it's meant to be yeah okay let's go for then no thinking about that no, no thinking about it no time to plan the, the five films that you would definitely put on this list hmm. Lost Boys Crow definitely um, Weird Science but we, we've already discussed that one Breakfast Club has to be in there I haven't said that already. No, you haven't. Lost, you said Lost Boys Crow. Weird Science. Weird Science. Science. Breakfast yeah. Club. Breakfast Club. One more. It's okay. Young I, I, Guns 2. Young Guns 2 is a good call. Interesting. So that's a, that's a, that's a swerve ball. It is, yeah. It is. Curveball. Go on then. Explain that one, sir. Because I, I liked the original Young Guns. The setup was brilliant, but it wasn't quite finished. Whereas Young Guns 2 
actually finished what like sort of the the first quarter of Young Guns two mm. finished off what Young Guns should have yeah got I, to. I can see what you mean there yeah. so that finished it off and it trailed it out to like go well did this or didn't this happen did mm. he die didn't he die fuck knows because I, I really like Young Guns and the way I it was, was very done. big fan of Young Guns the yeah. first film good call good five mm. spindles. Oh, fucking hell, this is going to be hard. You need a cowboy vampire film that's really good, and that would cover all those genres. A cowboy a of, vampire yeah. film. Stoner cowboy vampires. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. <laughs> Robots wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Sorry, Spindles here. Uh, all right, okay, so uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh-huh. Blade Runner. Yeah. Now it gets tricky. <laughs> Because I would say the crow, but he's already said the crow. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't. I can't go with well, that. I, I well, would like a lot of your choices as well, to be honest. Um, so I think we're going to have a lot of overlap. Yes. Which is why it's good that there's three of us. We get 15 films rather than five. Princess Bride. <laughs> um, two more. Mm. I have to be a Kevin Smith one in there. I think it's just a case of which one. Yeah. Uh, mm. I'd probably have to say Chasing Amy. Okay. okay. I'm a big fan of Chasing Amy. Um, gross Point Blank. Good call. Ooh. Good call to Gross Point Blank. Uh, for me, it is Alien. Empire Records. Yes. Reality Bites. Heathers. Oh, oh Heathers. fuck yes. Yeah. And Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Very mm. cool, yeah. Yeah. An American homage to Doctor Who. <laughs> That'd be my yeah, we've got some really good films there, actually. I think this is a list that we can just add to. Of yeah. course, but, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it, it, it you say stuff makes me think of stuff as well. I like, I, yes. You said Heathers, and I thought immediately pump up the volume. I did as well. Yeah. I almost, I almost <laughs> yeah. said pump up the volume, but I went for Bill and Ted instead, because <laughs> Bill and Ted obviously has to be on there. Uh, and we've missed off Wainsworth, of course, which also has to be on there. But. Interesting. Interesting. That's so. Uh, we should well, we'll, we'll, we'll have to listen to this back later and, and psychoanalyze this one. Yeah. <laughs> See what it But it was, it was being thrown on the spot to think of five yeah. straight off. It was kind of like, oh, that's a bitch because there's there's so many films. But it's a good way of doing it because it's the first ones that come to yeah. your head are the ones that you kind of most hankering to watch. Yeah, and even then I found as soon as I said Reality Bites, mm-hmm. my train of thought was immediately down that sort of independent comedy film yeah. circuit. Interesting. Well, we'll have to throw it wider and see what people say. Yeah, and put it on the Facebook. I think we should. Yeah, I think we yes. should with the Facebook group and Twitter. Anything like that? Just feed it back. Yeah, on. five five films as five quick films as you each. can. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone gets to just post five films, and that's all you're allowed to post. But the five films that you think everybody should definitely watch, we'll yeah. compile a list of a hundred films that people must watch before they die. Yeah. No, before the years out. Before the years, years out. out. Before the years out. Cool. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's something we can keep going and we can watch them all. <laughs> For sure. Happy to sit and watch them all again. Oh, that was out. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Happy with that. <laughs> I'm just lucky that you said Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I'm missing a Star Wars film from my list. But it's okay. Yeah, I was going, oh, don't. It had, to, be, it had no. to go in my list. That had to go in. There, there is so many. And Blade Runner number two. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I could have just carried on right down that route and immediately gone for stuff like Johnny Mnemonic as well because I, I love that film and 
all yeah. sorts of other stuff. Well, it's William Gibson, and there's so few of his stuff that's been made in the films that yeah, it just has to be done. The Matrix. Yeah, mild musical interlude. <laughs> um, it's funny you say uh, Blade Runner and the Philip K. Dick stuff because I actually wrote an essay on Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, mm-hmm. the uh, book that was based on. It was for analy- it was for our cultural issues section of the degree. We had to do an analytical essay. We had to uh, compare, compare to, cr- contrast two pieces of artwork from different genres around a common theme. So I explored uh, visions of the future as portrayed in modern art and compared Obsolete by Fear Factory to uh, Do Android's Dream by Philip K. Dick. Okay. It was a How did very, the comparison come out? It was a very interesting essay. Um, and it got a first, and I can't remember for the life of me how I concluded it because I flagged the whole thing. <laughs> but it's it, like coming up with the answer to life, the universe, and everything when you're stoned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it essentially, got me gave me the freedom to to write about science fiction quite a lot, mm. and the influence then on sort of the futurist uh, movement in art, which in turn led to postmodernism. I, I did a lot mm. on postmodernism as part as part of my degree. Uh, performing arts degree I did first time round. We did a lot of work on on postmodernism, and actually did a whole module on Star Wars. Awesome. Which was a, a story about you know the kind of classic legendary space opera story of the the, you know, the the whole one man can make a difference and warriors and princesses and wizards and space balls. Oh, indeed. <laughs> How did we miss that off the list? <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, we 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 did a whole thing on on the kind of space opera myth and where it all came from it's part of my degree so, awesome yeah. I studied Star Wars brilliant <laughs> I think my conclusion for my essay was along the lines that they had quite a lot of, they had quite a lot in common but they were almost flipped mm. so in obsolete humanity is definitely on its way out and the world is dominated by the machines which shares things in common with the visions of the future in, in Judgment Day. Yeah. Whereas in the novella that Blade Runner was based on, humanity is still important, and androids are a possession mm-hmm. until they fight back, and then it's the question of what is real, but that's taking a different way. But they both share similarities with 984. Yes. Sort of. But then you've got elements there of... Um uh, Isaac Asimov's writings. Well, they, they actually they contradict Isaac Asimov's writings because Asimov had the uh, fundamental laws of robotics. Yeah, as you yes. say, he, he had a yes. very structured version yeah. of the future. Uh, and the robots in Obsolete, the story behind the Fear Factory album, they have no care for obeying the rules of Asimov's laws. And they're quite happy to imprison and murder and kill humanity. See, now, after all this time, you've got me thinking I should listen to Fear Factory in a different light now. I didn't realise it was all concept stuff. Obsolete was a concept album. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. If you look at the uh, the liner notes for it, <coughs> in between the lyrics, you've got the story. Mm. Um, I have to go back and check that out, because uh, I'm a big fan of concept albums. As it, the Coheed and Cambria, Cambria. Just, got, yeah. just got the, uh, the, the second half of it, the Afterman last week. Uh, so okay, I stopped at about... Uh, Album four, I think it was the last one. Yeah. Ah, right, okay, because I think after album four called an end to the 
the kind of main storyline and then went back as a prequel. And then this one's gone even further back to Sirius Amory and, and the very, very beginnings of the key work and stuff. So, yeah, okay. it, this is a, a, a double album pre-prequel to the whole thing. Could I host that SRO on the wonky cast? Because you can, so, mate. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay, yeah, so. We can put as much stuff on, on the site as, as we like, mate. It's awesome. my site. <laughs> That's the benefit. I build websites for a living. That's so. not an open invitation <laughs> for our listeners. Well, it is an open invitation. Well, the whole point of the wonky spanner was not just for me to sit and shout at the world, but... No. Uh, for the world to show back. For, yes. Yeah, indeed. For yeah. anybody to put stuff up there. So creative geekery was my little tagline yeah. on there, that if people want to do anything, be it podcasts, be it... Like writings, music, fucking whatever, just do it and like, put it on the site. It's there to be used. Yeah, well, That's I'm gonna. Span was about. I'll give you a copy of the of the essay, then you can put that up online. Absolutely. So yeah, if anyone's yeah. interested to see what conclusions I actually came to, because I can't remember them myself, <laughs> and how I approached the uh, the topic, then check it out. We'll stick it up online. Yeah, definitely. I'm more than happy to put it up there, mate. All right, should we take a break from music? Absolutely, yeah. What have we got this week, sir? Okay, well, this week we've got a band called Skin the Pig. They are a metal band, and they have a very geeky connection in that Matt Geary, who is the head honcho over at Geek Pride, this is his band. Ah, okay. So the track we're going to play is track two off the new album. It's called I Rise, You Fall. See you on the other side.
welcome back. Hope you enjoyed a little bit of a metallic inter interlude there. Metallic. But well, it was it was pretty fucking metal. It's pretty metal. It is pretty metal. Yeah, pretty cool. We'll put a link to their website in the blog description, and also check out Geek Pride. The guys over there have been very kind to us, and they're reblogging our podcasts. So go and show them some love. Indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll have to try and get Matt out on the program at some point if he's up for it. Absolutely. Absolutely, I think, yeah, that'd be a good show. I think I've spoken to him briefly about that before, and he's interested. So, Matt, that's an cool. open invitation to you, Get yourself down here, Get sir. Down here. <laughs> Indeed. Good to see you. Right, so, we're back with our coffees now. Mmm, coffee. Mmm, well, hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah, because what AD needs any time is more caffeine. <laughs> Uh, what well, we, we were just about getting into a, a heated debate just in the in the interim there about uh, LARPing versus uh, reenactment, mm. and you were just about to say something about reenactment that you used to do. Yeah, I, there is like the sealed knot, and uh, you know, yes, I, I know, I know, there's, there's, there's cringeworthy. That is you know, the, the stage showings and, and reenacting of reenactment isn't just. Oh, let's go and do this battle over and over and over again. It is just reenactment certain period types. So it's, it doesn't necessarily mean it's one battle over and over done in several places all around Europe. Yeah. So it is pretty much dressing up in that era type with those kind of. Basically, it is LARPing but with real swords. It's not just going out and going to do this battle. You do, you, you attack in, in a different way every single time depending on who you're fighting against. See, I'm still not convinced. So I, 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 I get the feeling that I just end up taking the piss, and everybody would hate me for it because I'm in the middle of a battle that I'm supposed to lose, and I'll just be running across the going, Come no, that's on, what you wangers! That's what I'm saying. And it I just isn't stage. Die. No, that's 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 the difference between a stage reenactment, a, a proper battle no, stage I, I, I reenactment, just wouldn't and die. reenactment. No, but there is. <laughs> yeah. Flatten the king, or something. <laughs> I, one of the things I did when I was doing the reenactment, I could never get grips with. Uh, using a shield it just it felt cumbersome I didn't like it so instead of using uh, a broadsword I ended up using two Celtic short swords because I was in the Cel being Cornish I was in the Celtic faction of my of my group and I used two short swords one up one down um, and we just bottlenecked through a, a, an enemy campaign and we I, I just saw the, the smallest uh, of their uh, their female wenches at the back just threw her over my shoulder. They kept the bottle open. <laughs> and I just legged it back through the other side of the grounds. We kidnapped her for the day. And they protested it. And they said, no, because that's what they do. They're a Celtic faction. They'd fucking nick your women. <laughs> and use them as slave girls. So we got her serving all our beer for the day. Fair play. And so it, it was that too. There's nothing staged in that at all. It was just a like, right, fuck it. They're, they're low on their flank. Let's fucking take them. It's right, real I'll, swords. I'll, I'll give you the benefit. People of get doubt, fucking so. stabbed and broken. <laughs> that, that's not selling it to me. <laughs> that's what I liked about it. Fucking yeah, real well, swords. Mind you, this is you who goes jousting on motorbikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard about him doing this? Motorbike jousting. We really fucking be talking rocks. about this. <laughs> Whoa, why not? <laughs> <laughs> that's what he's done in bike rallies. Is his, uh, oh god, yeah, all sorts of gincom and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that one of your rallies then? No, there, there is one of the events at, at one of the local. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely is, yeah. Kieran Nutshop. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran absolute nutcase. Yeah, and, and beer barrel uh, rolling, where you put a beer barrel in front of your bike and race other people with beer barrels <laughs> to get to the other end of the tunnel. I, tr- I nearly killed myself on a 125 that I had for a year or so. <laughs> my wife will just not let me anywhere near a motorbike anymore <laughs> let, let alone be on a beaten up mo- <laughs> moped with a fucking jousting rod <laughs> indeed crashy pad I think that uh, any hopes of me being sons of anarchy are well gone sir <laughs> you can act can't you <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, that might be the closest I'll get to it. Yeah, you, you can, yeah, you know, to wear, wear, wear leather sunglasses yeah, and act. Indeed. <laughs> oh, no, I, I don't know what it is. I just, I just think reenactment. I just take the piss too much. It's a bit like that with laser tag, kind of. Not, not, not laser to. tag, with paintball. Just at the at the end of the day when it's the last fight and he's someone shoots and he just refuses to die and you just get covered in paint. It's just ah, paint thirsty more. Yeah, but then you can do a whole platoon moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Or Tropic Thunder moment. Spaced. Yeah, I was thinking Spaced. Yeah, well. which I, I watched the whole of Spaced again the other week because that's all on on Netflix. So. Watch the whole of Spaced. Yeah. That's great. I don't know if you've seen on, on the DVD of Spaced or on the season two DVD, there's a subtitle track that's uh, the homageometer, uh, which is just, it's literally just a subtitle track. And what it does is it pops up every time there's a homage to something. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and tells you what it's from. <laughs> And there's just so many that you don't even catch, and you just see the name flashes up, and you're like, "What the fuck? What are they doing there?" That's and you, oh yeah, that's what it is. I'm gonna go home with the DVD on after the show, dude. Season season two of Space. So one of the special features. I've it's, never actually looked. It's at not a special features. feature. It's a subtitle track. Okay. So it is a special feature, but yeah, it, it it's not on any of the menu systems. You have to turn on the subtitles and put it onto the right subtitle track to get the homogeometer. Right. How the fuck do you know that? <laughs> what? How do I know that? Because I'm a nerd. How the fuck do you do that? How do we find it's these something. secret things out which nobody else does? <laughs> because we're nerds. <laughs> um, cool. So, yes, do that. do watch Space Season 2 with the homogeometer because obviously it starts out with the whole burning of the Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. <clears throat> And all the, the Matrix homages Matrix stuff, in, yeah. uh, in episode one of season two. That's the big one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Very, very good. Which very much sums up my feelings at the time, which we've said about before on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Still keeping my fingers crossed that the next three films are all good. We will see. that. I think the, the, something I was reading the other day, they're talking about a trilogy of Han Solo movies now. Oh, no. <laughs> it's all getting blown out of proportion now. I'm just going to wait for the dust to settle yeah. before I despair anymore. <laughs> I, I missed that rumour. Um, but the rumour I caught, and the rumour which was then quickly squashed, was the Lights of the Old Republic spin-off film. I didn't even see that. Uh, I think that lasted for about two days. I would have, I would love that. I like the the Kotor setting. Cool. Yeah, that setting was really good. I'd love to see a film set in that. But yeah. apparently, that rumor was squashed fairly quickly, which is heartbreaking. Mm. But I just consoled myself by just watching episode after episode of the Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> The Jedi are dicks. Let's be honest. <laughs> the Jedi are dicks. They are. There's like one episode where um, 
Amidala is asked to spy on her former lover, but she says no to Yoda, so they get Anakin to go and coerce her into doing their bidding. And he uses reverse psychology on her. It's all very douchebaggy. Well, the, the, whole, the whole thing's wrong anyway, because my, my, my whole philosophy and problem with the whole thing, and it, it's what leads on to my argument that Qui-Gon Jinn is a Dark Lord of the Sith, but we'll get into that <laughs> at a later date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is, There's a whole theory about that one. It is that uh, the Jedi are either stupid or bloodthirsty because the, the whole prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the Force, and at the time the, the the Force is out of balance on the side of good, so the only way it can be brought into balance is by the slaughter of all of the Jedi. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's only two Sith at that point. No, yeah, but then there's more Sith after that, isn't there? Well, there's more, get, there's more after that, yes. Cause, yeah, because you get Ventress. Yeah. Um, but that's what balances it out. <laughs> no, because you've still got three Sith. Because you've still got Dooku. Dooku's still there yeah. mm. with Darth Maul. Dooku in episode, episode one. True, true. And, you know, Darth Sidious is still there. He just hasn't been revealed. He's still just Palpatine. Um, so, yeah, you've got the No, that's what I mean, but it's, it's episode three where everybody gets killed off. And that's the whole balancing of the Force there. Because that leaves a few Jedi and a few Sith. Yeah, well, it leaves. Well, because Yoda's still around, and Yoda and Obi Wan still around. So that's yeah. the two of them. And the twins. There's the, the couple of random offshoot canon things on yeah. other worlds, and and then it's just Vader and Palpatine. So yeah, it's two and two. Yeah, it's two and two with the twins, but they're yeah. not full sensitive yet. Yeah. Wow, that's a properly nerdy conversation. <laughs> well, it, it, it actually balanced the force. <laughs> this takes me back to, as I said, because that was what appeared in the, the screenplay for the film that I wrote and filmed. There was a massive rant about Star Wars, and that yes. was the whole. That, that was a key part of the why Qui Gon is a Dark Lord of the Sith conversation, because mm. Qui Gon knew about it all and wanted to bring it about. <laughs> cool. <Yeah. laughs> But anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll not rehash all that. Did you, did and you know why he that? doesn't come back at the end of uh, that, That's of why Jedi. he doesn't come back as a yeah. ghost in Jedi, because he was because actually Because he's a actually Sith. a Sith, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 but speaking, as we were, of, of LARP and Star Wars, did you know about my, uh, my amazing Star Wars LARP injury? No. But, uh, yeah, uh, I ended up breaking my ankle in, like, three places, getting a plate and nine pins from a Star Wars LARP, where uh, I was stupidly wearing new rocks and fell over backwards and oh, bust dear. my ankle. Ended up getting comedy injury of the year in two different hospitals. Where did you get to do Star Wars LARP? Uh, we did that. That was up in Cumbria. That was with... Uh, well, that was just north of Lancaster. That was with the... Uh, Royal Play Society that I was president of at university and then Lancaster on, University? Yeah, well it wasn't Lancaster University it was St Martin's because okay. there was Lerps at Lancaster University yeah, I think I, I played a couple of games with those guys and then there was Parallels which was us at St Martin's Not Naked Twister with a baby oil kind of came with me after I left St Martin's and carried on afterwards because we had some big kind of mm. in, interactive weekend long campaign things that went on and we did Star Wars LARP and stuff. Oh, that cool. was the first one that I, it was the first LARP I'd gotten to play in like six, seven years, because I used to run all the games, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna play this one." And like three hours into the game, fucking fell over, carted away in an ambulance, still in costume, fucking orange vacuum splint on my leg. 
<laughs> I've never broken anything from laughing touch wood because I've got got laughed the weekend after next. So hopefully I can start there. Um, I've had injuries. I'll bring my shorts <laughs> What lap is it you're doing? A uh, little game called Eventier. It's a small system, small linear system, which is kind of cool. So I've been out of lap for a long, long time, and I started back into it a couple of years ago. Mm. Uh, for majority of reasons, I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, oh, uh, me too. I, I was out of it for now on ten years. Mm. Um, You've been out of it since I fucking known you. Well, yeah, because I it, it was I, I, I went to the very laughing. the very last. LARP was uh, just after I'd met Emma, and that was uh, the last ever Into the Dark, which was the kind of six-year-long campaign that I ran in Cumbria, well, sorry, in Lancaster, and that was the very last event of that, and then I didn't do any again until about two and a half, three years ago, mm. uh, when some guys I know from uh, down in Brighton were doing uh, Cyberpunk again, because I used to go and do Cyberpunk with these guys many, many years ago, and they started up a new one. I went down to that and crewed for them, and that was brilliant, and I've been carrying on with that. That's cool. I do like Cyberpunk LARP, it's great. Mm. We had some fun moments when we went back to a, a site that we used first time around as Cyberpunk, so I'd not been to this site in like maybe 15 years, something like that. And we just kind of sat there, we were all like covered in tech and doing Cyberpunk. And at one point, I think it was Paul turned around to me and went, you did realise last time we were playing cyberpunk in this building, we were all pretending to have mobile phones. <laughs> and it was just that realisation of, holy fuck, yeah. <laughs> How far is it cooked? Because at that point, I was running around and I was remote controlling the DJ unit with my phone in yeah. the building. <laughs> it's just like, wow, it's completely fucking different. <laughs> Very odd. I don't think. I mean, I, I, I avoided fest events. So stuff like, like the gathering. The gathering yeah, I, I'm not a fan of those type I, of things. I, I went to a couple of Maelstrom events and uh, the setting was great, but I, at the time, I don't think I was in a position where I could handle that many people. Mm. Uh, there were just too many other things going on. And I, yeah, I just ended up getting back into a small monthly game in Worcester which was a modern day linear system only like 20 players or so mm. just social contract sort of stuff so you monstered one game and mm. then you played the next one and took it in turns and it was from that game that I went to Lancaster to play with the Lerps crew All right. it was a, an old system called VIP which was basically vampires in public mm -hmm. essentially uh, a watered down version and slightly adapted mythology of the vampire masquerade yeah, yeah. Uh, Mind's Eye Theatre sort of game but with actual combat rather than bead drawing for yeah. combat draws and then from that just Eventier it's a high fantasy setting small player base really dedicated monster crew um, yeah 24 hour time in yeah I, I love 24 hour time and that's what all, all these cyberpunks are they're all we basically take over a, a scout camp or something for a weekend set dress the whole fucking yeah. thing and then run that for the weekend it's, uh, it's great fun and all 24-hour timing games have that period of four or five hours, though, where the monsters are too tired to do anything, and the players are... Like, three, yeah. four in the morning. morning. That's, that's, three or four in the morning, that's and the time. eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, when well, they're all too tired to do anything, and the players are all too drunk to do anything. And that's so. generally the time when the most batshit random things happen, because the refs are tired. Yeah. <laughs> like, go to fucking bed! <laughs> There's an evil Cthulhu monster coming to the floor, but this is cyberpunk! <laughs> Don't fucking care, go to bed! Yeah. <laughs> um... 
so yeah, it's, it's just been good to get back into the hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just amazing to see how, how far it's adapted in terms of kit standards. And... Uh, absolutely. That's the, that, that was the thing that got me most, because we, we came... I mean, it was pretty high standard years ago, but we all kind of very much cobbled together what we had. We None of us had particularly good jobs or lots of money, so we did our best on prop making and stuff. Yeah. But now we're going there, and some of the guys there are prop makers for a living. Yeah. That's what they do. <laughs> and so they come out of this fucking amazing auto-sentry camera cannons and stuff and he's just like oh, a whole fucking new realm of LARP now yeah. <laughs> and it's made the hobby a little bit cheaper I mean there's still some of the, the kit is pretty pricey to mm. put out but you can get a decent kit for relatively low outlay at the moment and it's I'm tempted to go back to a fest event again I know Empire is starting uh, end of this month actually end of March and uh, that is the new event from Profound Decisions. The guys who had Maelstrom and Omega before that. Uh, and that's a another fantasy setting. But I don't think you'll ever get me back on a fantasy game. Really? I, I mean, I, I came up through you know, linear fantasy roleplay and then to some kind of weekend interactive fantasy roleplay games. Uh, it, I, I think just in general, I, I think we've had this conversation before that I just fell out with the high fantasy genre after all. Oh, this isn't high fantasy. Uh, the, the, well, the, there's elements of the high fantasy, but it's, uh, the setting is a much more grounded sort of. It feels it feels quite heavily Game of Thrones influenced, and yeah. I'm perhaps being uh, far too vague with that description. But that's probably the best way I can sum it up. It, yeah. It's it's a it's a nation divided after the death of the Empress, and it's the quest between nations to find the new heir, essentially. So it's quite political in its setup, But it's something that I'm actually drawn to playing. Yeah, I, I think I'm just too tech geeky to do fantasy now. Yeah. I, I think that's just where, where my life has taken me, has taken me very squarely down the tech route, in that I saw Cyberpunk, and that's what I fucking aspired to. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be fucking lining up there to get a hole drilled in the back of my head for a neural interface. <laughs> yeah. But didn't you see that? That was actually on the news uh, this week. Not holes being drilled, but tat, uh, sort of like... Electronic tattoos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. could be used to uh, telepathic control ink. machines. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry, no, not not the electronic ink stuff. The yeah, because uh, there's uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He's a professor at Reading University. Yeah. And yeah. he does a lot of work with neural interfaces. Yeah. It's, it's it, as a tattoo. It's just applied to the skin. So it's a non-invasive measure of getting that circuitry into the brain. Mm. It seems really fucking cool, and I would go for that in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, Google Glasses is pretty cool, but actually, you know, fucking yeah. cyber eyes. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of gadgets... Okay, yeah, let's go. But it brings us on to the, the biggest announcement recently uh, in terms of the tech world, which was the PlayStation 4 yep. has been announced. I, I sat up and I watched the entire two hours of the live stream where they successfully managed to not reveal the console whilst revealing the console. <laughs> it yeah. was it was the greatest trick ever played. <laughs> Indeed. Um, fair play Sony. But from what I, from what we were shown, I'm excited. I mean and I'm I'm a console gamer, so I I am looking forward to the PS4. I had the PS1, I had the PS2, I have the PS3. I will get this one. I've already started saving up for it. I reckon it's <laughs> Well, they didn't actually announce a price. 
did they? No, no, they haven't. I would, I would, I'd imagine it'd be around the three hundred pounds mark. That'd be my guess for sure. Uh, I would, I would debate possibly, possibly a bit more. Yeah, Sorry, maybe. I was, I was looking for the spec. Yeah, I just I'll, saw an article. I would have thrown it at the. Uh, <laughs> I would have thrown it at the four hundred pound. <laughs> I don't think they're going to that expensive. Um, there's no, there's no hardware backward, backwards compatibility, so there's no, re- there's no need for them to make such an expensive console. The reason the PS3 was so expensive at launch was because initially the consoles had inbuilt backwards compatibility, mm-hmm. so which meant they essentially had a PS2 inside them as well as the PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, the PS3 sold at a loss because Sony's Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, strategic aim with the PS3 was to get a Blu-ray in Turfy Lounge. Well, which language, it did. It which kicked it the living shit out of HD DVD. Yeah. Because um, Microsoft didn't put it in the Xbox and released it as an add-on unit that they charged for. And yeah. uh, d- Did anybody ever buy a HD DVD? No. I have one, but that was only because I ran a Blockbusters. <laughs> <laughs> HD DVD? Well, yeah. the actual... I think I've got 300 on HD DVD. Really? Yeah. <laughs> But no, I, I think didn't, if we've got I any of this HD DVD, I think I may have one or two, but that's because it's the it was the only format they came out in. I can't remember what the bloody thing was. Well, basically, what happened at the time was it was it was a complete repeat of the VHS Betamax, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. and studios signed left and right. One signed up with HD DVD, one signed up with Blu-ray. Some jumped camps, others didn't, and yeah, then cause... eventually. Because Disney was originally HD DVD, wasn't Disney it? was, and then Disney jumped ship to, to, to Blu-ray, Blu-ray, and that was that was it. And not just that; the reason as well was uh, the porn industry. The porn industry, indeed. You know, the Blu-rays, Blu-ray didn't say no to porn, whereas Disney at HD DVD said no. Yeah. And without the backing of the porn industry, who were arguably the biggest <laughs> shifter in terms of units. Yeah. yeah that, that, to be fair, that's what killed Betamax too. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Said, no, it we it don't was want blow for yes. blow. Yes. The exact same thing. <laughs> I mean, just, and, and I used the word blow. Yeah, we've just have you used yeah. the words huge units and blow for blow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Lady hasn't actually got got one yet. Because I thought that was just too fucking. It was too easy. Yeah. yeah it was too easy. Yeah. Um, but no, with the PS4, they don't have to do that. In fact. They started their announcement by saying that this is no longer about the war for the living room. It's about they're taking the war back to the war for the gamer, yeah. which intrigued me. Well, because the whole of the E3 announcement from both Nintendo, Sony, and Xbox last year was all about the war for the living room, yeah. and it's like they've already conceded that. But I, as a gamer, are you not pissed that you're going to have to completely rebuy your collection again? Because yeah. there's no backwards compatibility with PS3 well, I got, or PS2. Well, the PS3 that I bought didn't have backwards compatibility either because I bought one of the later models. Mm-hmm. But I had my PS2. I still have it. So I've got my PS2. Yeah, I, I, I still yeah, have mine as well. So, so uh, you're, 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 you envisage keeping your PS3 absolutely. and still using it? Absolutely. Unless I can get a Skyrim for free as a down on the PS4, there's no way that I'm releasing my PS3 because I will always want to play that game. Um but what they're saying is that they will be using, well, there's the potential to use Gaikai. That, yeah, there's a third for, party possibility. Yeah, for server side backwards compatibility, which is a an interesting approach and one that I, one that I got excited about watching the live stream. I think I tweeted that, mm. you know, using Gaikai's backwards compatibility. Yes, that's a that's a good win. Um, 
I should imagine there'll be a fee involved. I don't know whether you'll have to repurchase all your old games that you have. I think that probably be too much for them to ask. Mm. <clears throat> well, because I think there was there was some mention of saying you know that they'd be available at a later date to download, but they would be chargeable. Yeah, that, I remember reading that. I would imagine it'll probably be more something like a subscription fee. Mm. Uh, I mean, Gaikai and Sony did make an announcement today as well, in fact, that all games for the PS4 would be available as digital downloads. There'd be hard copies as well for certain titles, but they'd all be available digitally, mm -hmm. uh, which they said would allow them to sell their titles cheaper. Yeah, it would, yeah. Because they're obviously saving on costs of production and distribution of hard copy, which mm -hmm. is fine. That's another nail in the coffin of high street retail, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you've seen the prices of computer games recently, they've been. I, I honestly haven't. I, I've been looking at. I only buy stuff through Steam, really. Yeah. So. Fifty percent sale. Well, because uh, they, they did their Linux sale between fifty and eighty yes. percent off Linux titles, yes. and so I booted that up on my Linux one, and then like half the games that I'd already bought on the Windows side of things turned up because they're all Linux compatible. So I was like, "Yay, little happy dance!" <laughs> and then uh, yeah, there's a load of really cool new titles came up, and I was like, "Yeah, I love that Half Life from Linux. Thank you very much." Yes, <laughs> but it was awesome. But yeah, so. I, but no, I, I enjoyed the launch. I was, there's there's some things I wasn't too impressed with. I mean, I don't know why the controller needs a share button. That made no sense to me. I didn't see anything about a share button. Yeah. Has it got that, has it? On the controller, so you can actually... Because they've linked with Ustream, so you can essentially live stream <coughs> some of your gameplay now. Which right. is Which is great, because there are some really good videos out there of people who do uh, Let's Plays. and They're worth watching. But there are people who've got dedicated gamer PCs and mm. the, the, the tech to, to do it. The share button on the PS3 potentially allows any Tom, Dick or Harry to produce the same content. God, I remember doing that on my fucking Spectrum, hooking that up to the video player and recording a game when I was That's playing That's fucking something. old school. Yeah. It was like, you know, ah, here's me finishing this game and I'd record it playing it through the TV for fuck's sakes yeah um, and what else uh, the link into the PS Vita as well yeah apparently much, that's, that's one of the big things about it in much the same way that the Wii U is linked to hmm. the Nintendo Wii this is basically you can use the PS Vita screen if somebody else wishes to use the TV so it seems to be a solution to a problem that doesn't really exist because if you've got a TV and you're gaming then you're gaming and, it's sort of and then mum and dad walking oh what about this, yeah th this is my point that yeah. that is very much a solution to the get off the TV I want to watch it because the kids can carry on playing through the PS Vita while parents turn the TV on the, uh, yeah. and they okay. can have the power of a next gen console streamed yeah. to a display to, okay Indeed. I'm coming from someone who doesn't have to share my television with anybody so yeah I, I miss these obvious things I, I think that's quite a cunning move, mm. and that's using Gaikai as well. That's the that's the clean uh, the streaming power of their purchase from last year. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Moving on. Speaking of operating systems, Firefox 
just released their own operating system to so, uh, yes, uh, onto yes, um, onto sort of less not not the uh, massive um, uh, flagship sort of phones, but on on some of the few lesser phones, they're, they're bringing out their own uh, operating system, yeah. uh, very much on the lines of um, of uh, Chrome Google. OS, yeah. Chrome OS, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, an interesting move from Firefox. I mean, I, I must admit that fi- I really don't use Firefox anywhere near as much as I used to. No. Because Google Chrome has pretty much everything that I use built into it. Because um, I, I used to use Firefox over pretty much any other browser because it was fast and true. it was feature heavy and it, it was it safe. Well, yeah. safer. Yeah, yeah. And, and it wasn't a resource hog. And then it became a resource hog and then yeah. it slowed it right down. And then they've gone into this weird pattern of release schedules that they're releasing a new major version every couple of weeks. And it's it just. That doesn't make sense. It, no. It's really putting me off um, and they've got the is it gecko as well as yeah. a subsidiary and it, it, i don't understand that one because it, it's pretty much doing the same thing but of a lesser scale so what's the point mm. but i suppose it's for you know putting on your kids sort of computers is yeah. really is gecko or people who are not really up into their computery tech or, you know, knowledge sorry yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, yeah. the, the the whole kind of mobile market is 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 massively up in the air at the moment. It certainly is. Because yeah. there's uh, I mean, Android is now looking like it's it's the lion's market share. I think the last time I saw it was something like sixty five percent market share is now Android, uh, mm. which is huge when you look at it in comparison to two years ago when it was literally Apple cool. <laughs> yes. across the board. And I'm I'm glad for that. To be fair, well, I, I'm kind of glad for it. I'm kind of a bit worried about it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm concerned because. Um, when, when you look at kind of malware and virus writing and so yeah. forth, it's always written towards Windows the predominant platform. Stuff, yes. it's, it's not just Windows-based. It, it's because Windows was the, the major yes. market share. And now now that Android is the major market share, and that's based on Linux, that yeah. makes me concerned yes. because that the, the virus writers Linux and the malware writers are now going to start focusing on Linux, Linux yes. as, as, as uh, a, a kind of... Um, an attack vector now because yes. it's now a lot more popular than it was and that that concerns me yeah so now we're in a time where we're going to see whether the whole open source architecture is a good thing or whether it's going to prove to be a bad thing because anybody can get hold of the source code yes. and do anything to it because uh, I think the fundamental misunderstanding that a lot of people have with open source <laughs> is free. that it's just it's just free software yes. But it's not free in terms of yet yeah, you can just download it and use it. It's free in terms that you can see it and modify it and do whatever you want. But the person on the the normal person on the street doesn't get that. Mm-hmm. And so if they get a phone, it's got an operating system on it. They don't want to know how it works. They don't want to know what the source code is. Or they don't care. Much yeah. of, or they don't care. Well, essentially, they don't care. Yes. Um, even though they have access to the source code, as long as it works, they'll do whatever. But yes. the the problem with that is that malicious code can then get in there because people aren't checking it. Yeah. And people aren't concerned what's in it. And that's where the whole open source thing may have a chink in its armour because it's down. Open source only works when people look at the source code to make sure it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> if people stop doing that and just immediately trust it, then it's problematic. 
Sorry, was that? <laughs> was that but a then isn't there like, a thing though? No, no, of like when, when you do get your Android device, it just changed the coding slightly so it suits your need ever so slightly. But the problem is won't... that the manufacturers don't want you to do that. No, because they they go, oh, your warranties or your, exactly. This device as soon as you will, yes. root your phone, your phone, then you've yes. voided your warranty. Yes, um, but. In order to look at the software and do what you want with it, you have to root the phone in order to look to, at the software yes. and to do anything different with it. So, it, in one <laughs> hand, it's open source. In the other hand, they're saying, if you do this, you're fucked. Yeah. So, it's a bit of a weird catch-22 situation. So get yourself a second-hand Android and hack the shit out of it. Yeah, I mean, as we've said before, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of the kind of online streaming services provided by people like Sky... Um, BBC or whatever, mm. they don't work on rooted Android devices no. because they rely on digital rights management. And digital rights management doesn't work on rooted devices because you can just intercept the feed and put it to wherever the fuck you want and download Indeed. it and keep the content forever. Um, so the problem is that if you root your device and want you to make changes yeah, to you it, you then the lose access to legitimate programs because yes. it thinks you've just hacked your device. <laughs> it's this weird circle of, yeah, I'm geeky and I want to play with it, but I also want it to be functional. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, when you root a device and put a new ROM on it, you always run the risk of bricking the fucking thing anyway if you do it wrong. <laughs> Indeed. It's kind of almost like uh, getting a bog-standard car, turning it into an absolute, complete dream of a hot rod and then going DeLorean where, time machine where, anyone where, where, yeah. uh, and then going oh fuck where do I put the baby <laughs> yeah. how am I supposed to take my kids to school in a time machine fuck <laughs> easily do it tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> uh, do it yesterday yeah but you still need the seat you twat <laughs> Fuck you throw that's I thought you threw a sock at him. What <laughs> is that? He normally throws his pants, but Yeah, they're not clean today. What did they ever? That's my tuppence worth on the whole phone <laughs> thing anyway. So yeah, it's uh, the, uh, again the links with that and the kind of console and PC gaming is there as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, on my phone, I've got a thing called Splashtop, which is essentially just a remote desktop viewer and controller. But it would allow me to essentially play a full-on 3D accelerated game on my phone because my phone doesn't have to do the processing. All it has to do is stream the display. Yeah. Which is, well, that's, that's exactly the tech. That and that's exactly the what the PSV and the Wii U is doing. So there is scope there for the Android market to get into that with something like the Valve Box on the other end of yeah. it. And that's the only other thing I can see myself spending a fortune on this year would be the Valve Box. Well, that's, I don't think that's even going to be this year. Is it not, though? No? Oh, God, no. I don't think it's even in production yet, sir. There, uh, uh, I've been rooting around trying to find specs for it, and there are no concrete specs for it. There's just uh, Gabe Newell said that they're doing it. Yeah. Like they're currently in the process of firing a load of people at Valve, so God knows what's going on there. Uh, but it, it, <laughs> I think it's it's in at least the design stage, but I, I I can't see it coming out before the PS4, sir. Well, that's all right then, because that means I can just save for the one console. Yeah. And because I, I think it will be the PS4 for me. 
Yeah, I, I, I really don't know because I, I don't really have enough time to play on the consoles I've got Indeed, at the moment. Yeah. I've still got a stack of PS2 games that I've never played. You know? This is really true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got all the Wii games that I've barely touched. I've got like uh, there's a lot left for dead. It's um, oh, is it left for dead on the Wii? I can't remember. Some zombie game anyway. I've got for my Wii that I think I started playing and then never got around to playing again. Stacks of them. Yeah. I just don't have time to play. And then I've got all my PC games that I don't have time to play. So it'd just be yeah. another thing to sit in the corner and me not have time to play it. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only things that I have been playing anywhere vaguely consistently is Star Trek Online and Eve Online. The only thing I've been <clears> playing consistently recently has been Civ Five, Gods mm. and Kings expansion. Um, yeah, I, I do keep seeing you pop up on my uh, on my Steam, Steam feed as yeah. playing it. <laughs> but the thing with the Gaikai, going back to the PS4, um, is they're going to use that platform to release a lot more of the sort of mobile style games mm. um, and games for the casual gamer. Well, and this is casual gaming. It, it, it's a big market. Yeah. It's huge. It you can't. You, you really cannot underestimate the impact of it, and that's why the Wii was so successful. Because it very much said you can be, you don't have to be a gamer, you no. just have to play games. Yeah. And that very much took over the living room. Yeah. Because that's what the Wii was designed to do. It was designed so that you could all play it together and do different games. And it, that was great. That was very firmly put in the ballpark of the casual gamer. And you only have to look at your fucking Facebook news feed to see oh, uh, unless like me you block every app request uh, that you get yes. <laughs> which Fuck I do sake. folks so yeah. please uh, by all means carry on sending them to me but, but you won't uh, get a response <laughs> yeah. as soon as you send one I block it yeah, <laughs> and I never see that app again <laughs> yeah I'm the, I'm the same um, but there is a phenomenal amount of games on there that people are spending money on yeah oh, and there's more titles That's that's the thing there are Considerably more mobile game titles mm. than there are PS3 titles. Yeah, there is. Yeah, and because it's whatever your market, whatever your niche is, whatever your interests are, we will fucking find a game for you to play. Mm. And the app pricing as well makes them very, very profitable. Have we spoken yeah. about the humble bundles before? We haven't. No. no. Do, do, have you ever bought yeah. any of the humble bundles? I haven't bundles? bought humble, but I am aware of them. Because yeah. I've, I've bought every humble bundle for Android that's come out. Um, and they've been great. The, the RM free games, you get six or seven games. If you pay over the average price, you get some extra games as well. Uh, and they work on Android, Windows, Linux, everything. You can download them onto whatever device. They work on Macs. Uh, I, I think they work on Macs as well, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they do. Yeah, yeah yes, they, they do. The the, well. It's yeah. on the bottom of, yeah. of the listings. Yeah, yes, yeah, it does. Yeah, because yes. it, it has a, a pie chart breakdown of who buys it by platform. And it, I mean, it's interesting to look at it because the average price per user of an operating system, it's like Windows is the lowest uh, average price that people pay for the bundle, Linux is the highest, and then the others fall in the middle. Because I, I, I generally pay over the average to get the extra games, yeah. and I get all the extra games, and it's very, very cool. And uh, they started expanding the Humble Bundle idea to other things, so you've now got a Humble ebook bundle, which I bought. That had a load of ebooks. It had Signal to Noise, Dave McKean, Neil Gaiman graphic novel as part of it as well, and there was an XKCD graphic novel as part of it as well. It's a, it's a great idea, and it comes very much back to it, it, it's a 
a digital distribution thing that we didn't speak about when we were talking about it all Kickstarter and everything yeah. the other week. Yes. It's another way of doing that, that it basically packages up a bunch of independent titles and sells them in a job lot for whatever you want to pay for them. That's... I'm fairly sure I saw a Hubble bundle for music. There is, yes, yeah. yes, there is, yeah, yeah. I say that they're expanding into different, mm. uh, different arenas now. But I, I think it's a fantastic idea. It, Absolutely, it, it falls into that pay what you want for it. Yeah, and the pay what you want thing is actually a very successful approach to it. Um, Bandcamp, for example, you can get a free copy of a song for download, but it's of a certain quality, and then you pay additional amounts for better quality songs so you yeah. get the the mp3 or the flac or the, or the wav it's the age of the microtransaction yeah because it, well, it's, it's the pocket change approach yeah it is it's as if I've, it's, you see something for 99 pence you think I've got it's an app for 99p Nothing. let's just have it yeah yeah. It's, it's, it's a real impulse buy yeah and I'm a sucker for it oh I am <laughs> utterly utterly I went to comicsology last night just to think well, let's get the latest Deadpool. Let's go and find the comic. And I ended up spending $20. Yeah. yeah. On, it, it's on very easy to do. Very, very... I, I, I did it on Google Play. I was just browsing about for music and I bought, like, four Birthday Massacre albums after we were talking about them and listening to them the other day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I bought their entire back catalogue off Google Play for, like, 20 quid. <laughs> but those, those, it's those microtransactions and small subscription fees. Yeah. I'd, I'm quite happy paying five point nine a month for Netflix. Absolutely, yes. go fuck it. Yeah. It's one of the yes. best things I've ever spent. Yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I've watched loads. Of, I'm still on the free month bit. So I'm, I'm watching fucking loads of stuff on it, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna run out of things to watch soon on Netflix. I hope they start putting new stuff out because they're very slow at putting new stuff. Well, out. I'll teach you how to do an FSH tunnel, sir, and then you can link it through. It'll make you think you're an American, and you get all the American Netflix. Yeah, stuff. that'd be awesome. That's I hooked that one on in the living room. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, well, we can do it through that actually. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah we can. It's the only thing tablet. I have got. Yeah. Same with Spotify. With yeah. Spotify, I'm quite happy to pay the the amount every month. No, I, I don't use Spotify. I, I, I. I I don't know. I, I like having more control over my own music than Spotify affords me. I have tremendous control over my music on Spotify. I just create playlist after playlist, and if whatever I want to listen to, I'll just listen to it. And then if I like the band, I'll still buy the album. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm very much a. I listen to all the music I own. Mm. I always have been. That's just me. That's very old fashioned of me, I know. But I do only listen to music that I own. <laughs> Fair enough. I like the feature on Spotify where if you've got an artist that you like, I'm a huge REM fan, so I'll listen to REM, and it'll have rated artists. Oh, yeah, Last FM does that for yes. me, and then I'll, I'll, I'll listen to samples of stuff through Last FM, and then if I like it, I will buy it, and I'll put it as part of my collection, and it will form part of my playlist. Okay, so you, yeah, so that's cool. So you're not just limiting to... No, 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 no. no, 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 no. My, my, my ecosystem is very open to new stuff, because I, I, I actively seek out new music through these various things. It's a but... semi-porous ecosystem. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> cool. That's a good way of putting it. I like that. Um... I think we're still on PS4 as well as other things, aren't we? But if we'd move from PS4, actually, going back to the PS4, even, uh, there's something about the games that were shown at the release, at the, at the launch, the mm. new titles, 
brings us back to how I feel about 3D mm-hmm. in movies. And whilst the games looked fantastic, I wonder where the gameplay is going to be. Yeah, I looked at a lot of the trailers, and a lot of the trailers were very kind of cinematic in the kind of running yeah. about itness. And there, the most most of them were just new chapters of already existing franchises. No, 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 because I, I I saw on Digital Spy there was a whole ream of new things, and there's one that looked excellent, and I can't for the fucking life of me remember what it is, but it looked very reminiscent of the Mist series. It looked like you wander around, and then there were like puzzles, like slidey puzzles. Uh, the witness. Yeah, that's it. That looked awesome. But that was a standout from stuff where there's the new kill zone, the new infamous. Yeah, fuck all. There's it. a film called there's a, a film. There's a game called Drive Club, uh, and the guy was you present that was getting so excited about the fact that every individual fibre of the leather in the seats had been specially modelled so that the light could reflect differently off each and every one of them. And it's That's fantastic. Like, Does it simulate what happens when you fart on it? <laughs> <laughs> what happens if I set fire to it? Yeah. Yeah, but essentially is, is, is the point. I mean, like, it looks fantastic. All attention to the, to the detail of the car. Will it smear if what I does it smell like? Does it <laughs> have that like, new car smell, or does it smell like somebody's fucking been sick? Essentially, it's still just Gran Turismo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Just, I'm never the biggest fan of driving games, anyway. No, so. neither am I. But, but it's uh, it's 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 an existing game concept just made prettier. From from yeah. looking at a couple of trailers, I I I, I was kind of uh, a little bit happier that it looked like to be more adventure type games coming back. Yeah, I mean, Capcom had. Uh, Dark Down, or yeah. Down, uh, which was in another sort of sword Time sorcery crisis. sort of game. Um, I have to admit that after watching a couple of those trailers over lunch the other day, I kind of went, well, I might consider buying a PS4 for a lot of these things, unless I can get them through other platforms. Yeah. But they, 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 some of them looked really good. But then again, the the cynic in the back of my brain kicked in of the... What the fuck, you're on a PS4? It's a tech demo! It's a fucking tech demo! <laughs> yeah. And then Blizzard turned up. Yeah. Blizzard turned up, and then they announced Diablo 3. Mm. Oh, dear. So now console gamers everywhere can get access to the world's greatest auction house emulator. <laughs> <laughs> They already have Eve Online and Dust. <laughs> yeah, true. There's an element of that to every sort of MMO now, isn't there? Yeah. So. Yes. Well, Eve is one of those things that it prides itself that it is a completely player-led economy. Oh, because okay, I've not actually played Eve. So. There, there, there is no economy other than that that the players create. The whole thing is a player-generated economy. Well, you kind of get that to an extent uh, in Warcraft as well. Mm. You know... If people keep flooding the auction houses with certain effects, then the then the prices for that will will drop naturally. Yeah, but this is all about it. you trade minerals and stuff to use them to make capital ships and so forth. It's it's a massive economy. Is that on Steam? Eve Online. Uh, I think you can get it through Steam, but uh, it, uh, yeah, because they've just released Dust Five Fourteen, which is a first-person shooter that yeah. links in with Eve Online. So. Capture is in Eve Online can hire mercenaries to do missions, and it's all linked in with the Eve Online universe, so they can use that as part of conquests into oh, other cool. people's territories. There's something else like that uh, coming up soon. I think there's a show called Defiance is coming up on this. I think it's 
think that's on Sci-Fi as well. I've heard of it, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. there is an MMO that supports the TV show. Yes. So the actions of the characters in the MMO will actually reflect on the show itself, mm. which sounds like quite an interesting idea. I am dubious as to whether they'll survive a season. Because yeah. given the nature of MMO players, <laughs> you know... Yeah. I've capped out now, that's yeah. it, fucking bored. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but still, be interested to see. Yeah, we shall see. Anyways, are we about done for this I, evening, I, I think? I think that's quite a nice place to end, actually. Yeah, I do yeah. as well. I, 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 you know, much as I don't do so much console gaming, I'm quite excited about the PlayStation 4. I'm interested to see what other people do. I'm interested to see what the Valve box does. Yeah. As 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 a gamer, I'm I'm excited at the possibilities that yeah. are around. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the same way that I feel as well. Like I like see... that there's more stuff for me to choose to buy and sit in the corner of my room and not play. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you a deck of cards for your birthday. I've got tons of cards, mate. You know me, I've played magic for fucking 15 oh, yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. Put guns and deck of cards in my house. Dude, I've got a fucking. Can you collect them and put them together with other cards and make them do stuff? <laughs> Dude, I've got an army ammo fucking pouch full of full of fucking See, Magic I, Gathering deck cards. <laughs> That's I my only, player's pouch. I only dabbled very briefly with Magic. I did have the starter box Magic the Gathering, but I was a big There's player. A of, I was a big player of uh, Legend of the Five Rings. Card uh, game. Yeah. That card game was outstanding. Yeah. And uh, Warlord, played that for a bit as well. And then uh, there was a WWE tie-in card game. Yeah, I've, was, I've got, there was. Which was brilliant. I've, I've got, got the Hardy Boys deck, I've got the Engine Christian deck. I had a Jericho deck and a Kane deck. Ah, I'm going to have to get them together, mate. Yeah. <laughs> have a play. And an Eddie Guerrero deck as well. Wow. Because awesome. he was the high flyer. Yeah, yeah. Right, well, and, it, and it came back to wrestling again, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but, AD, you have made it successfully through an episode without chewing your beard. There's been no talk of There's been no DW. Doctor Who. No, it's not an issue of Doctor Who. It's just the 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 the, the, the length of time talking on one subject uh, is why time I end up my beard. Yes, time is all relative. Well, and on that note, we can go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. Um, <clears throat> Thank you all for listening. Yeah, don't forget you can you know get Facebooking, Twittering, and stuff. Get in with lists of films, five films. Yeah. I've been Brendan. I've been Spindles. And I've been Odie. Until next time, take care and be excellent to each other. <laughs>